such a joy that we could celebrate together on our last Sunday together. And uh, if you've been, if you came in early, uh, you would have had some sweets. And uh, I knew the sweets were coming, so I got here at eight o'clock this morning. And <laughs> pity they got here at 8:30, so there was enough left over for everybody. But um, if you came a little bit later, uh, a little bit earlier, sorry, we've had them all, but that's okay. You still got to have some. It's really good. And if you want to stick around straight after the service. I know it's hot outside, uh, try to have a bit of shade and uh, come in and out, but we've got a barbecue straight after the service. You ought to send the jumpy cars still out there, kids are having a lot of fun already, uh, a lot of activities. Um, so yeah, over the next week, we've got Christmas. Over the next week, there'll be billions of people around the whole world that will be celebrating God and His birth, uh, Jesus. And uh, for many Christians, it's, it's a lot about, even for, for Christians or non-Christians, Christmas when they think about it, they think about the gifts, they think about all the decorations, they think about all the lights, they think about going into the shopping center and the air conditioning and enjoying all the pretty decorations around and buying all the gifts for people and just all that, that excitement around fun, that fun around families, friends, which is a really beautiful thing. It's such a good thing. But beyond all of that stuff, beyond everything, we know there's a true story of Christmas and that's so powerful. And that's one of the reasons why. That's the actual reason why we celebrate Christmas. See, we celebrate Christmas because a child was born 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, this child was born. He was born, um, and it was a promise to bring lasting joy, lasting peace, and lasting hope. And, uh, and those that put their faith in him will have that. So this child was announced by angels. It was announced by prophets thousands of years before this child was even born. So powerful. Isaiah, one of the prophets, he lived 800 years before Christ was born. 800 years. This is what he prophesied when he came to pass as a tea. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. A child has been born to us. God has given us, given a son to us. He will be responsible for leading the people. That's you and me. His name will be Wonderful Counselor. Powerful God, Father who lives forever, Prince of Peace, power and peace will be in His kingdom and will continue to grow forever. Wow, what a promise. This child that, that Isaiah was talking about, his name we know was Jesus. See, Jesus, He is the eternal Father. He is God made in the flesh, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the almighty God. That's who He is. He is the promised Messiah from thousands of years ago promised and he will come to bring power he will come to bring peace and this was anticipated from many thousands right from the beginning of the world the Bible says see prophecies foretold of the Savior and and that this Savior will be coming to the earth and it was so important at the time so important about the prophecy that even when he was born our calendar changed from AD to BC or so from BC to AD our calendar was changed it's split so even our birthdays are connected to Jesus himself because we, when we say, I was born in 1982, 39, or nearly 40, I was born in 1982. But if Jesus was not born, I would have been born, you know, <laughs> 10,082. But that marked it. That, that created that dividing line and it split it. It was so powerful, so, imper- so important. Jesus, he was the greatest gift that the world could ever have. And that's the reason why we give gifts, because He, God, gave us the greatest gift. The most powerful, the most joyful news announced to the whole world 
In Luke 2, the angel he announced in, in Luke 2, 10 to 14, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced, past, present, and future. This is an angel sent by God to speak to the shepherd guys, the shepherd, the three shepherds. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem. How will you recognize him? How? You will find him wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined with all these other angels in heaven and, and the, the heavens opened and the shepherds were able to see. They were praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens. They sang, Peace on earth for all those pleasing him. They were talking about Jesus. See, the news of Jesus the Savior was announced to everyone. It says that it was available for everyone. It was for the whole world. Whether Jew, whether Gentile, unbeliever, whether believer, it was made, God, the news was announced for everyone. And anyone who believed in Jesus and anyone who put their trust in Him will be saved. So today we, we celebrate the Savior of the world. Today in churches right around the world and throughout this next week, we'll celebrate the Savior of the world. The most joyful good news ever announced. See, but if you think about it, I mean, those that are new to the faith or those that haven't been uh, to faith at all, uh, I, I spoke to some of you today. I mean, the question would be, but what's all the fuss about? What, what is the fuss about? Why is it the greatest news ever announced? Why is it that the angels broke open the heavens to speak to three shepherds and announce that this is the greatest news? Why? Why do we need a Savior? Why do we need it? How does the hope of Christmas change my life? Hope. I love these lights, eh? <laughs> when I saw them today and they, and they banged open, I'm like, whoa, that is hope. <laughs> hope that the lights turn on and hope they wake us up. Ooh, I was awakened. So how does the hope of Christmas change us personally? How does it make an impact in our life? See, the Bible says that before anyone comes to know God personally, we're living in darkness. Our eyes were, were shut. We weren't able to see. See, we walked around aimlessly. The Bible says that, and, and, and some of us can testify that. We walked around aimlessly, hopeless, slaves to the darkness in our hearts, unable to manage or control or have self-control over various parts, unable, slaves to the anxiety, to worry, to depression, slaves to gossip, to hatred. Think about it. I mean, I've been in situations when I'm gossiping about somebody. I mean, not lately. But, and then I'm like, I walk away, I'm like, why did I do that for? But it's like a habit. I couldn't, I couldn't avoid it. It's like the person drew me in to the, and I'm like, oh man, I feel so bad. We're slaves to it. Sometimes we can't control it. Sometimes our hearts are in darkness. Sometimes we're slaves to the approval and the expectations of other people. Sometimes all we want to try to do is, is get approval from someone. Get someone to say, oh, you're a good, like, you're a good person. You're a good lady. We're slaves to destructive habits sometimes. Slaves to addiction sometimes. Slaves to a daily rat race. Slaves to it. No purpose, no meaning. When our hearts are darkened. Slave to living a life of self, lust, greed, and all sorts of ungodly practices. See, sometimes we don't even recognize what we're doing. We don't even recognize it like the gossip scenario. You don't even recognize that you're doing it. Sometimes we're trapped because we, we, we think it's so normal. See, we live in a, in a society that everything, everything seems so good. Everything feels great. Everything's good. I mean, there's so much freedom and joy. Everything's permissible. There's no boundaries. 
Just do what you want. Whatever feels good. See, we have everything we need whenever we need it. You make a call. You jump in the car. You go and get it. You jump on the internet. Click a button. It comes to your house. We've got everything you need. Life is great. Life is great. We live in a beautiful modern society. Life is so good. See, but beneath all of that, beneath all that loud noise, all the new technologies, all the democracy and everything that we live in, the safety that we live in, you know, and with the help of the pandemic, the cracks in our society start to show. They start to crack. They start to open up. There are things in our society that start to get uncovered and we realize that how trapped and how enslaved we really are. See, COVID uncovered those cracks way more. We opened up so much more. All the negative news, so much uncertainty about life, about our economy, about everything. It brought up fears, anxieties, worries. But they were always there. They were always there. Think about it. It gripped us even more. And have you noticed that people have low tolerance now? You think about it. I mean, you, you go, you drive, or you talk to somebody, and you're out and about. It's like they snap really quick, or they shut you down and they move on. People can't handle it much these days. They're, they're frantic, on edge, afraid of the future, afraid of death. Now, we scratch beyond that surface, and ultimately, society is lost and hopeless. The world is, is lost. Fears and insecurities that control our decisions. Think about it. Fears and insecurities that control sometimes our decisions and our actions. And, and we, and we, as usually we find out afterwards, it's like, oh, I made that decision, but I actually made it because of that person and that, and I was afraid of what that person would think. And it, it makes it, it controls us. Look, we look for coping me- mechanisms, don't we? To get by day by day. Could be alcohol, drugs, or other things. Entertainment could be other things. See, the world needs hope. That's not how we we're designed to live. We're not designed to live like that. The world needs hope. A hope that will stabilize us. A hope that will strengthen a person, regardless of how things might get in our lives. A true and lasting hope, regardless of the circumstances around us. See, when we think about hope, straight away we think about our circumstances. We think about how, how I hope this thing might change. Or how I hope this situation might change. I hope, you know, uh, uh, we hope for an achievement or we hope for a breakthrough in our lives. See, sometimes we think uh, hope is just wishful thinking. Instead of saying I hope for these things, we're actually saying I wish. I wish this would happen. It's wishful thinking. We hope that something someday or someone magically will appear and go, let me deal with the problem for you. Let me just turn it all around for you. Let me just go boop and do with it for you. That's wishful thinking. It's a, it's a magical God that we think exists. A God does exist, but it's not a magical wishful thinking God like that. See, but the truth is, the Bible said that troubles will come. Jesus said it himself. He wasn't pretending. He wasn't saying, it's okay, just come to me. I'll be your savior. You'll never have a problem in your life again. No. The God of truth said Troubles will come. Problems will come. We live in a broken world. Bad things happen to good people. That's the reality. That's the truth. We can't control everything that happens. We can't control it. Death. Can anyone control death? Can anyone control disease? I mean, sometimes we can with with the medication. A natural disaster. Can anyone stop an earthquake from moving? No. A difficult situation. 
We're out of control. See, to true, we can't, we can't look at these things. We can't hope for these things to, to go, I wish everything was going to be fine and we lived in a nice dandy little planet and everything was perfect. You know, all the birds are chirping and, and the beautiful air, no pollution. It's wishful thinking. We live in a broken world. See, to have a true and lasting hope, despite all of that, God's still going, hey, you could still have hope. You could still have a lasting hope, a lasting joy that goes beyond any wishful thinking and any circumstances or any changes. True and lasting hope. See, God's plan with the hope of Christmas was much greater than our external circumstances. It was much greater than anything that we're going on, that, that's going on in our lives right now or in the future. God's plan is so powerful that no amount of troubles or circumstances could ever rob you of true and lasting hope, joy and peace. See, many have tried to find this hope in their own strength. You know, when we're young, we think, oh, I, I could take on the world. We, 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 when, if we have money, we're like, well, money can just, I'll just sort the problem out right now. But we know where that goes. We think that we can deal with the problem with power. You know, manipulating others in power to try to get our way, which, whatever the circumstances. See, many have tried to find this hope in governments, world influences, but a true and lasting hope cannot be achieved on your own. No matter how much education, no, much how, no matter how, power, how, how much power or wealth or fame a person might have, true and lasting hope can only, be, can only come when we are united with our Creator, God of God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the Almighty Father, the Prince of Peace. Can you imagine being connected with Him all the time? Can you imagine being connected with Him, the God of all hope? True and lasting hope begins when we put our trust in God. And that's why we have the hope of Christmas. And that's why the hope of Christmas is so important. We're not, we're not doing our life on our own. See, the birth of Jesus made a way for this true and lasting hope, which is what we're celebrating today. But Jesus' death and resurrection cleansed us from any sin, from any darkness that separated us from God. Jesus made a way for us to reconnect to God and open our eyes to a new reality of hope, a true and lasting hope, a hope unlike the world can provide, a hope that nothing can buy, a hope that's unavailable on the shelves, that's unavailable on the internet. It, Amazon can't deliver it to you. God can provide this hope. God can provide this hope. And when we trust in him, he'll never let us down. See, Christmas is not just about presents, even though that's fun. It's not about big barbecues, even though we like them, right? It's not even about spending time with families, even though that's really important. Christmas is about the good news of God, God's, God's plan of hope to the whole world for all people that trust in Him. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, There is only one God, and Christ Jesus is the only one who can bring us to God. Jesus was truly human and gave Himself to rescue us. We were rescued by God. Jesus came to rec- rescue us from darkness and hopelessness. Without Jesus, we're lost, we're aimless, we're hopeless. Sure, we can live and carry on our lives day to day, but God wants more than that from, for you. You know, if we, if we don't trust in God, if we don't adhere to God, 
you know what happens? You're left to your own devices. You're left to your own greed or your own whatever's coming up in your, in your heart. The Bible says that the heart of man is the most wicked thing. And out of that, all these evils come out. So when you don't have God in your life, when you don't adhere to him and stay connected to him, you're left to your own devices. And there will be chaos. And we see that in the whole world. God did not want us to remain lost. He did not want us. He didn't want us to be trapped or slave to sin and darkness, eventually destroying our own lives. What father will let that happen to us? What father will let you destroy yourself? If I see my kids walking into a, about to walk into a pit, about to get hurt, I'm not going to let them get hurt. I'm going to go, hey, you know what? I've got a plan. Just go around it. Do this and that. I've got a plan. There's safety here. There's safety. I'll guide you. I'll lead you, son, daughter. See, God wanted us to live with purpose. God wanted to make the most of our lives. He wanted us to make the most of our lives. What a beautiful father. What a beautiful father that wants the best for his children. How good is that? He didn't want us to waste it or to abuse it, but to live a life to the fullest. His desire was that we would live a life of purpose, a life of hope, a life of peace, joy, love, a new life, a new way of living. You know, um, I grew up in a, in a faith, or I was, I was a Catholic, but I was always thought, man, oh, God's always angry with me. God, God. and my mum, my mum's here today. She used to, whenever it was raining, my mum used to go and say that, oh, God's crying. <laughs> I think she was trying to scare me, but, but yeah, it's like, oh, is God, does God love me? Am I, am I, let me just, I'm not gonna proclaim anything good in my life, cause otherwise it might not happen. I might jinx myself. How many times have you heard that? Jinxed. Oh, you said it, you jinxed yourself. And I go, hey man, Jesus said in, in, in John 10, 10, my purpose is to give life to its fullness. God's purpose wants to give you life to the fullest. God does not want to take anything away from you apart from your sin and darkness that's going to lead you away from, uh, into, into destruction. God wants to fill you with hope. He wants to fill you with joy. He wants to fill you with peace so that you can live a life of purpose. In Jesus' name. See, to understand the true and lasting hope, to live a a life of truth and joy, we need to be connected with Jesus. We've got to stay connected with Him. The hope of Christmas begins when we believe in Jesus. That's the true hope of Christmas. True and lasting hope begins when we trust in him and allow him to lead our lives. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He couldn't make it more plainer. No one comes to the Father except through him. See, Jesus removes all the fears and insecurities of your life. He opens our hearts to enjoy that life of purpose, that life of joy, peace, love, and power. This hope in Jesus opens our eyes to the eternal kingdom. We no longer have to be putting our, our hope on all these things around us and hope that everything's going to be pretty and perfect and if anything falls apart, what happens? We've seen that before. The hope in Jesus opens our eyes. The hope in Jesus is not, not just about a change of external circumstances. It's not about that. 
You know, when I first came to Christ, to church, I thought, oh, well, now that I believe in God, God's going to change it all around and everything's going to be perfect. Wow, was I mistaken? It was a a process. It always will be a process of character building, of faith and growth. He changes our perspective in life. That's what Jesus does. He doesn't change the external circumstance, but he changes the way we look at it. He changes. He changes the way we see life. He changes what we value. He changes our behavior. He changes the way we live. True and lasting hope begins when we put our trust in the God of all hope. Praise the Lord. See, the decision to truly trust Him will change in your life, will change you forever. It'll change you. It doesn't mean that your external world will be completely changed in an instant. You will still need to face your troubles. You will still need to face the truth. There are some things, decisions that we've made that we still need to face the repercussions of. God won't take that away. We've got to go through it and trust in Him. But your perspective will change in the situation. Powerful. You no longer need to be afraid of your future when you put your faith in Him. No longer need to be afraid of death. Mate, the fear of death is gripping. You will be at peace and joy because you trust in your God and of hope. How powerful is that? See, with this new hope and change of perspective, He continues to fill you with joy. He continues to fill you with peace and overflowing hope. Look at Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope, put your trust in Him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not doing life on our own. The Holy Spirit is within us to those that believe. See, when we overflow with hope, there is no circumstance too difficult. There's nothing too difficult to handle because we know that God is with us, God is for us, and His will will be done. When we overflow with hope, no relationship is so broken that it cannot be repaired because of forgiveness. Praise the Lord. When we overflow with hope, the chains of habit, the chains of addiction are never strong enough that we cannot overcome them. Wow, so powerful. When we overflow with hope, no wrong done to us can sever, can be so severe and sever a relationship so much that we can't turn back and be restored to the person. Praise the Lord. When God fills you with hope, you will be full of joy. You'll overflow with peace regardless of your situations and circumstances. And your hope will flow onto others. Your hope will flow and overflow onto others. See, Jesus, he is the hope of Christmas. Jesus, he is the good news. Jesus is the hope and the salvation for everyone, for all believers and everyone who believes. This true and lasting hope is a free gift to everyone. Free gift. That's why we learned how to give gifts. It's a free gift for anyone that believes in Jesus. A lasting hope that continues beyond any situation or circumstance. This gift of hope and salvation is free and available for everyone. Everyone. Ephesians 2.8 says, For you are saved by grace through faith, by believing. And it's not from yourselves, it is God's gift. God's saying, all you need to do is believe in me. Trust in me. Believe. 
You don't need to do anything physically. You don't need to perform. You just go, hey, I'm going to take this. Right now, God is offering a free gift to you. He's offering it to you. You can make a decision right now to accept Jesus in your heart right now. So why don't you close your eyes? Close your eyes right now. Thank you, Father. Even if you've made a decision before, the band band will just come up. Even if you made a decision before, and somewhere along the lines you've you've turned your heart away from God and you've you've decided to go somewhere else, or you decided in your heart to turn away from Him. Make a decision right now to recommit to Him. Recommit your heart to Him. See, the Bible says that if you would believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And right now, if you believe, now it's time to confess. Just make this moment about you and God right now. So would you repeat after me if you make this decision in your heart? Let's confess together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are Lord and King. I believe you came to this world to bring me hope. I decide today to trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my future. I put my hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father, and I pray for you right now. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for every person that's made a decision here today, whether the first time or a recommitment. We thank you, Father, for your word that touches every heart, that breaks open the hearts of every person. We thank you, Lord God, for Jesus. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for your birth, your death, and your resurrection. We thank you, Jesus, that you came here to save us. You came to give us a life to the fullest. And we thank you, Father, that today we've made our decision to trust in you, to put our hope in you. We thank you. We thank you for your kingdom. We thank you, Father, that you will give us a new perspective in life as we hope in you and as we trust in you. We thank you that you are our true and lasting hope. In Jesus' name.